Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Now, Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth creator of Namology Science, and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And in each weekly show, you'll hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in them and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of each show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. Now, all over the world, people have many, many diverse interests. And in that vein, people have asked about different occupations, different areas of life that have highly interested them. People want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset when they use the gifts that are seen in their name utilizing nameology science. So how does someone express their creative talents? And how does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that all benefit? Our expert tonight is Matt Sweetwood, who has developed his genius in the area of personal branding. Now, Matt Sweetwood, with over 30 years of entrepreneurial experience, is a thought leader and personal branding expert. He was the U.S. CEO of BB, and as president of the Unique Photo, he was credited with the reinvention of the modern camera store, as well as the country's largest in-store photography education program. However, by far, his greatest achievement is having raised five successful children to adulthood 
as a single father. He is a business consultant, life coach, and is a regular contributor on national TV and the social media, photography, business, and parenting arenas, as he is a regular contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine. Now, Matt was the winner of the 2014 CMO Club President's Award, the 2015 Age Centers Community Award, and the Photography Industry's 2016 Person of the Year. He has a best-selling self-help book, Leader of the Pack, How a Single Dad of Five Led His Kids, His Business, and Himself from Disaster to Success. He's also a math major and his master's in math and has his PhD in computer science. So welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Matt. Hello, Tyrone. So happy to be here. I'm a little scared after that genius introduction because, you know, anything I say is only going to be downhill from genius. You know that. <laughs> you are a genius, though, and what you've been able to accomplish is just amazing. But, you know, we all have our own areas where we excel. And I think sometimes it's a misnomer when people think genius means you're a genius across the board instead of just really being good at, at a few things. Yeah, well, I think I'm just very good at a very few things. So maybe yes. maybe I have one stripe of genius in there at a certain time of the year. And, <laughs> and now, <laughs> no, no, of course, I agree with the principle and I agree really with what Einstein said, because Einstein said it's definitely true. Everybody has genius. Everybody has talent. You know, and I think one of the um, one of the tricks in life to success is actually discovering what your genius is. I, I think that's really almost our purpose on Earth. Well, and discovering, too, every nuance about ourselves, you know, and not to judge it. Yeah, yeah. the judging part is really hard, particularly when you grow up with a Jewish mother. So yes. you know, you, 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 everything gets <laughs> everything gets judged. I had one of those, too. Yes, I agree. <laughs> So, so you you understand the uh, the feelings there that go with that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So we want to start off, Matt, with how did you end up being a single dad with your five kids? Well, um, obviously, this is a very easy plug for my book, Leader of the Pack: How a Single Dad of Five Led His Kids from Disaster to Success. Uh, it's also about how I led my business and myself from disaster to success. Um, so I ended up a single father. I was married uh, very young, certainly back then very young. I was married in my early 20s. Um, we had five children right away, and I was not aware, but my wife um, had issues. Let's put it that way. And she ended up leaving me and the children and the five children when my youngest was 18 months old and my oldest was eight. She left us. We went through a very ugly and long, drawn-out, one of the longest New Jersey history divorces. Um, in the end, um, actually, custody was easy. I ended up with custody. She left with a whole mess of money, which I talk about in my book, and then never saw or spoke to her kids again. So that's how I ended up a single dad of five, a young man scared out of his mind, um, but with five amazing children. And uh, it turned me into a man along the way. It, it would have had to. You're either going to crash or you're going to, you know, crash and burn or you're going to excel. And you have, you know, in your name, a lot of excelling letters, but I will yeah. get to that in a minute. So what was the most difficult aspect of being a single dad with so many kids? And do you think it mattered the number of kids you had or it just didn't matter? Being a single dad was going to be tough. I, I think that um, I, I think that's really sort of two separate issues. I, I just think the overwhelming nature when you're handed having five, look, you can get used to anything, 
you know, you can get used to prison, you know, if you're in there long enough. And I'm sorry to use that analogy, but I actually use that analogy in my book where I talk about when mother left, I felt like I had a prison sentence. The kids were young. I had no intentions of being this uh, stay at home, anything. She wanted the children. The children were hers. I, this was not in my plan. I didn't want any of this. So for me, it felt like a jail sentence. Like I was going to be in this thing. It's like, oh my gosh, I looked at these beautiful children. They're looking up at me like, okay, well, mom left. We're bankrupt. What are we going to do now? Actually, they didn't know we were bankrupt, but I knew we were bankrupt. So they're looking at me like, what are we going to do now? And I knew I had to take care of it. So the fact that I had one, two, three, five, whatever, I mean, I guess in some ways it pushed me to work harder. You know, when you have five and you have to feed five and take care of five, I had to take uh, action that was aggressive. You know, I got help for me in the house. I, I had to be very organized. In fact, in the end, I will tell you, having the five really helped me because it forced me to develop organizational and time management skills that actually ended up helping me in my business and stuff that I did in my business actually helped me with them. I've written articles about this. You go to my website, msweetwood.com, you see I have a bunch of articles written about the relationship between great parenting and great leadership. And so that interaction in the end helped me. But in the beginning, it was terrifying. I had no idea how I was going to handle it. There was, and what I mean in the beginning, there were several years where there was very little sleep and lots of lost hair. And, um, you know, for me, it was a very, very rough ride. But in the end, I ended up with five lives that love me and I'm attached to. And so the more the merrier now as I sit there and watch them as successful adults. Did you feel like you sacrificed your social life because of having your kids and having a job? Um, yeah, of course. Um, but that's a little bit of the magic and a little bit of what I write about a lot is that, yes, for a substantial period of time, I sacrificed what you call my social life, you know, what people traditionally, what you call what people traditionally call my social life. But eventually I was able to adjust and organize myself. And so I ended up with a social life. I have read one of my most popular articles talks about what it's like to date as a single dad with five children and why it's better to date single dads. So I was able to have, you know, a successful social life. Could I go party every weekend and stay out? No, I couldn't do that. But you can adjust your social life and, and you can do things with your children and there's lots of rewards. So yeah, of course, you know, you strike this work-life balance, you know, you overuse term, um, and you do sacrifice a little bit of your social life. But the gain that you get from that relationship with your children and the gain that you get from the experience and the gain that you get from maturity it brings you and so on is it's an easy sacrifice. So as the kids got older and some of them left home, did you get your social life improve or did that kind of get into a habit or did you meet another missus? Now we all want to know, you know, <laughs> how does another, it work? Another miss? Only, you mean only one? Can I talk <laughs> about all of it? I have to do a little bit of that male ego, you know, just eating kind of thing. Um, um, yes, in fact, um, I ended up, uh, getting married again uh, about five years after five years, something like that, after my first wife left after we were divorced. Um, and I, 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 I don't know if I want to spoil the effect of that. I almost like people to read my book and find out what happened there. But I will say that um, I married a very similar kind of woman to my first wife. And as a result, it ended in a very similar way. And I talk about these mistakes that I made in my book and the, the reasons why we attract people like this in our lives and how we overcome this. So yes, there was a second wife along the way, but that 
ended many, many years ago. And now I live a very, very happy life here as a single guy in Manhattan. Um, I do have a girlfriend now, a very lovely uh, woman, very happy. And, you know, we get along very, very well. And uh, life is great. So, yeah, it's, it's been a good ride along the way. But I will tell you, and I, I kind of get the essence of your question, is that, and, I, and I wrote, I've written about this, I've told you I've written about this, where when you date as a single man, you get very, very interesting reactions from women when you date as a single father, particularly when you have custody of the children, which I did. I, I, I had sole custody of the children. It was actually, in some points, very, very difficult. So for me, that was really the hardest part, is not just managing the time. I am an ADHD kind of guy. I can just go, go, go. But actually, it was dealing with sort of the reaction people have when you say the mother is left and you have custody of five young children. For me, that was a bigger struggle than actually just managing the social life. See, that's interesting because I know that when my son got old enough to where he was at a place where he, the women he was dating, most of them had children or had young kids. I remember the time he came to me and said, mom, what do I have to know differently when I'm dating somebody that has a child? Well, we need to take our second breaks. We'll find out what you need to do differently when we come back. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and Exxon Broadcast Network and on the website, knowthename.com. Now, after the break, we're going to find out what the difference is when you're dating and you have kids versus others and then get into the business side. Stay tuned. you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. 
Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back to our second segment of Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, and this is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Now, our guest tonight is Matt Sweetwood. His website is msweetwood.com. Now, before the break, we were talking about the difference of dating somebody when he's single. And I remember telling my son to remember that the mothers or the young women that he was dating that had a kid at home could not stay out as late as maybe if they were single because that child was still going to get up early in the morning and still want mama's full attention early in the morning. And the other thing I remember uh, stating to him was to be very considerate because if she went out and had to pay for the sitter, that that could really limit how many times she could date or what she could do and it could be taking away from food for the child. So, or, and for her, so if he was going to take somebody out that had a child to please also pick up the bill for the sitter and just out of consideration. So were there other things like that that you considered when you were dating with your, sing- with your children when you were single? Yeah, I think that it's really interesting you phrased it like that because I sort of had it from the other side. So I knew that when I was going to go on a date, I'd have to pay for the sitter, pay for the transportation, pay to get there, pay for the dinner, because, you know, this is, I don't want to be sexist, but this is typically what goes on in the dating world. And you had to pay for all of this stuff. And then, you know, as a single dad, I sort of walked around with a lot of guilt that, you know, the mother left and I was leaving the children, going to play myself. And, uh, you know, and if the date wasn't going really well, I would start to, I would sit there at the date and start to calculate the cost, sit there saying, you know, I could be home watching a hockey game with my boys and, uh, you know, sort of miserable <laughs> through the whole experience. So, you know, it was kind of a re- reverse for me. It's it's all the cost, the extra cost, everything was on me, you know, and then you'd get on the date and, you know, it's sort of the way it works is men have to woo women. You know, like I, like I said, I hope I don't get a hate from your audience over being, you know, sort of afraid. But I really think that in most cases it works like this. And I have the stats and all the articles and everything that back me up. So I, I'm feeling good about this. So, you know, you were, was all... It was all on you to do this. You know, and I can call, recall some several instances where I'm sitting there at dinner. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm thinking about how it's going to feel when that check comes and I got to pay the bill. And the thing is, you have to do it fast. You know, you can't always 
arrange your date in a way that minimizes your exposure to your date. In other words, you know, a lot of times in today's culture, you go meet for coffee or you go whatever, you know, you try to do something just quick to meet when you date. When you have kids, you have to be able to meet when you can work it into kids and work. And sometimes that means meeting for dinner which means that even if it's a first date, you're gonna, have, you're gonna meet somebody for dinner and you're gonna have to pay for it and you have to go through all of this effort. Um, so yeah, you know, it was the same kind of thought process I think that a lot of women go through, but in my case, it added on to it. And, and let me add something too, because I'll really talk about you know, the issue which we walked into this segment, which is the reaction that um, you get from women when they find out you're a single dad. You know, and I would always be upfront about it but they didn't always know the story or know that I had five kids. And I know for a lot of women, the fact that I had actually five kids was a huge put off. Um, and the fact that I had full custody was even a larger put off. Right, because and, it would mean that woman would never get a break and would be expected to be parenting. No, it, yeah, yeah, it was because they wanted to be parenting. It wasn't necessarily that they weren't going to get a break, but they were like, they preferred sort of that situation where the dad saw the kid on weekends. They can kind of play, you know, ante for a while. and But, you know, actually that kind of responsibility, um, uh, you know, was a lot to take. And the other thing that I would get is I would get, well, I want to have my own children. I don't want to take care of somebody else's children. I want to have my own children. I got that actually as uh, as a common response. And for me, that I can like, you know, okay, that's everybody's prerogative. You know, I just don't sort of like the common thread that women love children. You know, this is the common societal thread that women love children and men don't and the whole bit. I don't worry. I came across a lot of women that really weren't interested in that circumstance. But to me, the most painful reaction that I would get is this sort of accusatory look of, what do you mean the mother left? What did you do to her to make her leave? <laughs> Not that there was that was her choice and you had yeah, nothing right. to do with it. Yeah, not that that was her choice. And and a lot of times, I even get this today, I'm telling you, I gave a talk two days ago and someone, I handed out my book, I handed out a lot of books at the talk, it was a very successful talk, a lot of my leader of the pack books, and someone read the book and she left a review of the book, a very, very good review of the book, I will say. But I could see the way she was writing her review, that she was, even after seeing me in person, seeing, hearing my story in person, reading my book, she was still struggling with the concept that a woman could leave her children. You know what? It is a very hard concept in our society because we wish to believe that women wouldn't do that. That's right. And I will tell you an amazing stat. And this is a stat from 2013. And if you look at the trend of the stat, the stat is actually going up. So I'm sure the number is higher today is that one quarter of all single parent families are headed by men. Now, that's a mind blowing statistic when you think about it, because nobody would guess that one right. quarter of single parent families are headed by men. No, I'm not saying in every case that's cause, you know, the mother has left the children. There's a lot of reasons for that. The mother, you know, unfortunately could have passed away. It could be a job related thing where the mother has to work in a different area and the father is providing primary care, stay at home dad kind of thing. So there's lots of, you know, reasons that don't involve women leaving, but it is still a large number of men and us single dads who are doing this get very little credit or notoriety in society. There's very little support for the fathers that do that and nobody really cares and the narrative is that you know men leave and i will even add to that stat 
if you really study the in detail what that stat says, we know that in a lot of the minority communities, the single mother rate is at 80%. Fathers leave, you know, a great proportion of the time. The family units there are very, very bad. So if you sort of reflect that back on non-minority communities, the amount of single dads running households is very large. Yeah, that's just amazing. And you know what, too, is that, I mean, I look at the the children that are my children's ages and like my son-in-law, my son and their friends, whatever, they are incredible nurturers, these men. I mean, I'm I'm just astounded when I watch how good they are around kids. Yeah, I think I see that in my kids, too. I, I know my oldest son, who just turned 30. I mean, he's amazing with children. I've seen him with children and animals. He just has a gentleness, which, you know, was forced on me a little bit because of my circumstance. But my parents certainly did not have that approach or have that sort of feeling. You know, I just remember dad educating us, you know, but mother was the primary caretaker. So I want to shift a little bit. But first, I want to interpret your name because we always do that on this show. So are you ready, Matt? I, I should. I, I guess I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> so your name indicates that you have a tendency to be a workaholic, but you can work like the Energizer Bunny. You know, you just go and go and go like that battery until that battery runs out of juice and then you just drop. And then it's like, OK, I don't even want to have to get up off the couch. Do I have to? You know, it's like an all or nothing. But once you're done for the evening, you'd like to be done. Not that you always get to be, but you would like to be done. Your name indicates that you're very, very observant, a bit oversensitive to criticism, that you can do anything in the extreme. You're going to do what you want to do. You're not. Nobody's going to make you do something that you don't want to do. Your name also indicates that you can learn from everybody around, that you are fairly intuitive in knowing what other people need or desire. You can see if they're walking their talk or not, and that you need to stay athletic to stay healthy, and that you can take anything you want to do, and you will take it to the top. So that's some of the things that are in your name. Wow. I mean, that's it's shockingly accurate. I mean, I've not, I don't know how you deduce that. But it, and you know what's really interesting is that I'm sort of listening to you, and some of those things are a little bit negative, and I'm actually aware of some of those negatives, and I've actually worked on them, like being you know overly sensitive to criticism. I've actually done a lot of spiritual reading on that, when which sort of talks about that you should look at every piece of criticism as a chance to improve yourself, even if you know for certain the criticism is unwarranted, or even if it's mean. Yeah. Well, you know, and you know what, too, it that sits in one of the letters of your name. And I don't look at anything as a negative. I because I've read thousands of names, I just look at it as isn't it interesting what this one's challenge is versus what that one chose to have as a yeah. challenge in their name? Well, and I think that goes to the other part of my description where I take everything to the max. So I'm trying to take myself and my function right. here on Earth to the max. So when I look at something that is a challenge, as you so gently put it. I view it as something that needs to be eradicated as a fault or, you know, I'm judging myself now, just like you warned me not to in the beginning. Um, um, you know, and I sort of like, okay, I need to improve upon that. See, and, and I guess I grew up, my mother, every time we did anything, she says, well, there's another opportunity for growth. Look what you're doing <laughs> wrong over here, but you have an opportunity for growth there. <laughs> yeah, I just made so many mistakes in my life and did so many stupid things that I've eventually, you know, I've done so many stupid things that I have enough experience to avoid them going forward. That's basically it. Well, you gave yourself tons of opportunities for growth. That's how <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> 
exactly. <laughs> That's how we would look at it. So a quickie answer, because we're almost time for our next break, is I'm shifting into business. Does the boss need to be able to do whatever he's asking his employees to do? That is one of the tenets of my uh, leadership of when I ran my company, I had 120 people working for me and I made sure that every single person working for me knew that I could do their job as well as they could and was willing to do it. I have one of my most liked posts on Facebook is a picture of me. I ran a retail store, big retail superstore, is of me mopping the floor. I didn't realize it, but somebody actually took a picture of it and I was in a suit actually on. mopping the floor. Great. We're going to continue on the business aspect when we come back because we need to take another break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard right here on XZBN.net and XZone Broadcast Network Station and on the website, knowthename.com. This, com- this show is dedicated to common sense. We'll find out more about how it's applied in business when we come back. Stay tuned. They are here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologist Facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Matt Sweetwood, who can be reached via his website, M for Matt, and then his last name, Sweetwood.com. So it's msweetwood.com. Now, Matt, you became successful early in life, and then you almost had to start all over again. Did your previous success assist you in finding your way again, or was it a handicap? Actually, I think initially it was a handicap. 
because I stepped out of graduate school. I was, you know, as we, you know, both of us are math people. I was at Penn, you know, I had an Ivy League degree in theoretical mathematics. I stepped into the business and I was very, very quickly, you know, within a few years, able to turn it into a really big business. We were a photographic supply company at the time. We had a B2B business, business to business, and we were selling thousands of stores, tons of film, tons of all sorts of photographic supplies, and we're doing really well. So when the bad times hit, and they kind of hit at the same time my personal difficulties hit, it was very, very hard for me to understand why this happened to me. There was a lot of sulking and feeling sorry for myself, and sort of like, well, why did this happen? You know, it should just go great. Everything I do works. Why isn't this working? So initially, it was a handicap. But eventually, it actually became an asset because I had enough self-confidence to say to myself, hey, you were able to do it once. You can do it again. You can do it with your kids. You can do it. You just got to work really hard, put your head down, be imaginative, and don't stop until you're successful. So I think it was both. It started as a, as a disadvantage, but it eventually became an advantage. I love that not to stop until you're successful. I always think so many people quit right before they would have crossed the finish line. Well, um, well you haven't, you know, this, I don't mean to sound like a meme, but you know the meme. You haven't failed until you quit. Right. <laughs> right. So how important is a personal brand and what is the difference between being a personal brand and your business brand? Uh, okay, so this is a favorite topic of mine. I like to call myself an authority on this. I may even have a little bit of genius in this area. Um, so I've written <laughs> articles for Entrepreneur Magazine on this. I have the most read articles on personal branding. And in fact, I one of the speeches that I give, um, a, a speech that I've given over and over again, is how you use a personal brand and a business brand together. In the case of my company, and I'll use an example to answer your question, um, when uh, one of the times I actually had to reinvent my company twice uh, in the mid 2000s, 2005, 2006, we were a humongous seller of film. And for those of your audience that don't know, go Google it, film, Kodak, Fuji, go Google it. Uh, we actually had a five share, 5% 5 of the rolls of film sold in the United States. And within a very short amount of time, digital photography had taken out the film business. And as a result, all of the stores that we sold, these little camera stores, all started going out of business and so on. I ended up opening a camera store when all the camera stores went out of business. And the problem I had was that we had no money, no experience, no real experience in advertising. But I was an early adopter of social media. And I started to build the company's brand and I started to build my personal brand kind of simultaneously. And what I discovered was my personal brand was actually more successful initially and actually even going through than the company brand. And so I started to use those brands together in order to build my business. And it was actually the key aspect of our branding success that turned my camera store into one of the most successful ones in the entire country. We became the third largest single location store in the country. We won dealer of the year. I won person of the year, all sorts of things. And a lot of that was off of my personal brand. And as an example of that, you know, and I'll use it right for my business. So if you sit there as a company brand and you say, we have the following camera for sale and it's this price. People, you know, okay, if they really want the camera, they like the price, it'll be of interest. But it really doesn't draw people in. But now imagine if I use my personal brand and as president of the company, 
I talk about something inside that I learned about that camera or something about the release of it or something interesting from inside the business. People are drawn to me and then drawn to the business. And I use that technique over and over and over again. So my company had a voice. Its voice would talk about the events we would run, what was happening in the store, what was happening in the business. And my personal brand would talk about things that were of interest to me in the business, things that were interest to me outside the business. And the example I will use of that is when I started to write about single fatherhood, I started to build an audience. And those people in that audience started to realize that I also ran a big camera superstore, was in photography, and I would start to move people, not me move them, they would naturally move to the business. So without going into the whole you know, seminar or talk or speech that I give on this, you can actually use your personal brand and your business brand in conjunction with each other to build real awareness and real success for both. I think that's really important because a lot of people either focus on the personal brand or they focus on the business brand and don't think about combining the two. Yeah, for entrepreneurs, you have a voice as an entrepreneur and your business has a voice. And part of the magic in find if success is actually figuring out how those voices work together. And I would keep my voice independent. So I would talk about things that the company couldn't talk about or wouldn't talk about or not appropriate. And, and there's another aspect to this that I think is really important that I need to mention. People connect with a company on a certain level, but people want to connect with other human beings. And so when you use a personal brand, they're connecting with you as a human being. Another example I like to use is that I would connect with customers on LinkedIn and, and I found over many, many years that 99% of the customers that I connected with on LinkedIn remain customers of my company. It's a very, very interesting psychological thing. When they know that they have a connection with somebody important in the company, they're more likely to continue doing business with the company. Uh, that's important to know. So is it possible, Matt, for a leader to be both kind and tough at the same time? <laughs> of course. Uh, and I, and I, actually, I actually think that describes my, my, my leadership technique. I think it actually starts at home. How about that? I'll, I'll turn the question the other way around. It, a good parent really is both tough and kind. You have to be loving and kind to your children, but you have to be tough and disciplined or you're going to turn out mush. You know, children want discipline. And similarly, in your work, employees like discipline, even if they may, you know, kvetch about it. Really, they like to know what the rules are. They like the rules to be consistent. And they like to know that you're going to treat everybody the same way, even if it's even if it's hard. On the other hand, if you really want your employees to be loyal to the company and loyal to you as a leader, you have to know when to show them kindness. And certainly the reverse of that, never be cruel to anybody, never be cruel to your children, and certainly never be cruel to your employees. And this is something actually that I consult companies now a lot. I go in and, and, and I talk to them. And this is one of the things that I always tell managers is that you can be, you can be kind to an employee 10 times, but if you're cruel once, they will remember that once forever. And so that consistency of kindness always has to be there but you always have to be firm and tough with the policies and rules of the company and understand that that's the way an organization works best. You know, <coughs> excuse me, that is very similar to 
um, when I was a teacher, I always had very firm boundaries. And I think that's what that structure is. And everybody knew in that classroom, you just don't cross those boundaries. And yet at the same time, within those very strict boundaries or very strict rules, we had a lot of fun and a lot of learning took place. Where yes. I think it was very hard for learning to take place if I would not have had you know, those strict boundaries. That's right. And your company is not going to run very efficiently. And as you can see, we're starting to build the tenets of leadership. You know, we started off, you know, originally talking about, you know, what it takes really to be a leader. So now we're talking about kindness and and being firm at the same time, you know, and that to me is really a pillar of leadership. So you have a quote on your website that I just love, and it says, if your business doesn't work as a team, you fail your customer. Talk to us about that. So I don't, when I walk into a business, either as a consultant or I walk into a business just as a customer, and you can see from the way that the employees are behaving, the way they are treating customers you can almost always tell the way the company treats the employees. And um, so we, you said that from reverse, and, and that is the way as an employer you need to look at your staff. You need to understand that the way you treat them is the way that they're going to treat the customers. It's similarly your children when they, you notice, and I keep making this relation, that your children, you can tell your children anything you want. You can tell them you have to do this and be kind to people and say thank you and do all of this stuff. If they don't see you being kind and saying thank you to people, they're not going to do it. So children don't do as you say, they do as you do. And similarly is true for your staff. The way you treat them, the way you engage is the way they're going to treat people. So if you don't have teamwork going on there, you don't have the right structure in place, you're not treating your staff right, you can count that when they connect with clients and customers, it's not going to go well. I used to always think that you could tell how the parents really felt about you by knowing how the kids treated you. That, that way you could always tell. Well, we need to take our last break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Now, after the break, we're going to find out what Matt has in his name that has assisted him that you just might have in your name as well. We're also going to find out about his formula. He calls the Q-U-I-T or the QUIT formula. That's his acronym. And we're going to find out what that represents. So stay tuned. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. 
we have them included. Free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. They're here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Matt Sweetwood, whose website is M for his first name of Matt and Sweetwood, his last name, dot com. He's taken his skills to a level where he's able to share what he's learned about business and also apply it to rearing successful children. Now, Matt, you have a formula on your website and it's called and your website is Matt or M Sweetwood dot com. And it's called the QUIT formula, the Q-U-I-T. What does that acronym represent? Okay, so we talked a little bit about this already. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I said it as a meme. But quitting comes from my speech, which is a speech I've given. I, I'm really very proud of this speech. It's a very powerful, very motivational speech. And it talks about how to quit and turn disaster into success. And the acronym QUIT, the Q stands for quitting means you failed, so don't. As long as you're still breathing, there's still hope for success. And for me, that's something that I've employed in my life over and over again with my business in difficulties at times and, you know, the difficulties that I faced at home. The one thing that I can say is that I never quit. And that's something, you know, it sounds it sounds like I said, like a little bit like a meme. But if you really apply that in life and you keep working at it and keep doing the right thing, you're likely to find success. 
So Q is for don't quit. U is for understanding all the aspects of the problem before you find or initiate solutions. And that's something that's really important, particularly when you face complex problems. You don't want to just jump into a, a solution until you've really thought it out, until you understand all of the aspects of the problem, because you can miss something and really take yourself down the wrong road. The I in, in quit stands for innovate. And that's what you're going to have to do. And this, in some respects, is the hardest part of the equation because it requires you sometimes in life, in order to be successful, you're going to have to be creative, you're going to have to be innovative and come up with new solutions to solve your problems and achieve your goals. But obviously, understanding all the aspects of the problem is going to help you there. And then one of the things that I have found extremely valuable in my life, which is the T in quit, which is teach others and pay it forward. And there's two aspects of, the, of that. Obviously, the pay it forward and giving back it's a, you know, it's a term, it's a term which comes from spirituality and Judaism, which is that when you give charity, you give tzedakah, you pay it forward, it will come back to you. But there's a more selfish motivation in that. And for those of you, and I know you're a teacher, is that once you teach something, you raise your level of understanding and ability. You become much better at it. I know for me, even in mathematics, went through all of that graduate school and have a graduate degree, I became a much better mathematician when I taught it. And that's the case in business. I understand business concepts much better because I teach it. I consult all the time. And so that teaching is really a twofold strategy. One, obviously, from a spiritual and a karmistic perspective, paying it forward is extremely important. But teaching also helps you build in your ability and your understanding and your achievement level too. Steph, that's wonderful uh, suggestions for everybody, you know? Um, and I love the fact that if you're gonna teach it, that you cannot unteach whatever somebody has learned. It's like once we gain some knowledge, you can't just all of a sudden dump that knowledge out. And there was a lot of research done on how quickly after a war or a natural disaster, people could rebuild. And the ones that had an education, the higher the education, the faster they rebuilt what they lost. But those that did not have an education, it's like they never recovered from the disaster. And that's literally because everything can be taken from you but your education. So when you're teaching others, you're literally helping them raise their own level also. Okay. So, Matt, you won the Photography Industries 2016 Person of the Year. What did that feel like? And did that help change your life in any way? Did it bring you any kudos that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise? What was it like getting the, the Photography Industry's 2016 Person of the Year Award? You know, it made me become the most eligible bachelor in the job. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you know how nerdy the photo industry was, you would know how funny that comment I just made is. Um, for me, the award... I'm, to be honest with you, I'm not really that big on awards. You put something like that on your resume because it opens doors to some extent. People realize that you're serious. But for me, it's really a business thing. When you can actually claim that position or you've actually achieved that position, people take more notice of you. It gives you more stature. On a personal basis, it doesn't really matter. You know, the award was given to me because I did a lot of charity work, because I reinvented the camera store model. The camera stores that run today all run off of that model. So for me, the satisfaction came long before the award. The award itself is just, you know, I'm actually, 
I can look at it right now. It's a little glass thing that actually has accumulated a lot of dust in my apartment. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's a dust collector, the award. But the award to me really came before I got the award because I did things. I achieved success. So to me, it's the personal satisfaction of achieving that more than anything the award actually brings. Now, we've talked some about your book, Leader of the Pack, How a Single Dad of Five Led His Kids, His Business, and Himself from Disaster to Success. Is there anything else you would like to give us, like a little teaser about that book, even though you've already talked about it some? Yeah, absolutely. So the book is, it's really my memoir, even though it's listed in a self-help category. It was actually number one in self-help books. Uh, for a period of time, very proud of that. It has 125 star reviews on Amazon. But to me, the book is not just about my journey as a single parent and an entrepreneur. The book is really for anybody who has gone through very, very difficult times in their lives and how I found my way and how anybody can find their way out. I, I think the book, um, judging by what people say, the reviews, the book changed my life. It's, you know, been instrumental, inspirational to me. So for me, it doesn't really matter whether you're a single parent, whether you're not a parent. If you read if you read the book, you're going to really find a path to finding happiness, even if you're in a very, very difficult spot. Well, and and we all get there at some point or another in our life. So back to parenting. What main tips would you offer to single parents? I think it's really the same advice that I would give to, to any parent is with children, you should focus and with yourself, don't get caught up in what other people tell you you should do. You should do what you think is right for your child and right for yourself. Love them a lot. Respect them a lot. Respect your kids a lot. Respect yourself and love yourself a lot. And you're going to end up with a good result in the end. Well, you definitely have five wonderful children that shows that. So if you could change one thing about people's understanding or how they look at the world, Matt, what would that be? Um, in today's, you know, it's funny, that is such a broad question that you've asked me. But I, I and I really like that question because I think in today's world, and I'm not going to say something like, oh, I wish we all got along or there was world peace or something like that. For me, what I see in the world, what needs to change now is people need to value the truth more. It seems that we've entered a place where truth matters not. It's what makes you feel good. If what supports your opinion, even if even if facts or the truth are otherwise. And to me, I think that that is an extremely dangerous road that culture and society is going down. And I think we have to focus more on facts and truth as opposed to what makes us feel good or what supports a particular opinion that we have, even if in deep down we know it's not true. So I want to see more truth in the world. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? But, you know, and people say that truth is hard to hear, but I look at it as lies are harder to hear. You know, so we might as well deal with the truth for wherever it is. So, Matt, going back to business, how does one establish a strong professional reputation? Uh, repu you know, this is I think every mother has told this to their daughter at one or I should say and father has told this to their daughter at one point. A reputation takes a long time to build, but it can be lost in a second. And I think the same applies to a business. 
When you run a business, you have to have integrity in the business, integrity in the way you treat your employees, integrity in the way you treat your vendors, integrity in the way you treat your customers, integrity in the way you advertise and you speak for the company, and you need to do it on a consistent, unwavering basis. And don't be dishonest, because when you are in today's world, transparency, you know, if you don't have transparency or you're dishonest, people know it right away. And if you do that and you do it on a continuous basis, your business will build a gilded reputation. It was one of the most proud things that I was most proudest of my company is that the, our reputation was as was really the best in the business. Right. Just fabulous. Matt Sweetwood, I just want to thank you so much for spending your time with us and being here with us tonight. Thank you. Sharona, it was my pleasure. Love being here with you here, and I hope we can do it again soon. <laughs> be prepared, be surprised, and pleased when you get to experience Matt Sweetwood's work. His website, again, is msweetwood.com. Now, Matt's name excels at being able to take things to the extreme, to t take it to the top and to be successful. This is found in the letters M and in T. And if you look at Matt, M-A-T-T, -T, that means that three-fourths of his name is saying he's going to take it to the extreme and take it to the top. And that's probably helped him along the way to be so successful. If your name has an M or a T in it, then you too can take things to the top if you choose to direct your energies in that direction. You too have what it takes to be successful if you just stay with it. Now, right now, for a limited amount of time, the ebook version of the latest book of mine that just came out, Know the Name, Know How to Connect, is free on my website, knowthename.com. You want to go ahead and grab yourself that before it disappears because after Valentine's Day, it will no longer be free. So do you want to know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, host of the radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is heard every weekday at various hours right here on xcbn.net radio and Exxon Broadcast Network and on knowthename.com. If you wish to learn how to read a person's name, you can also do that on knowthename.com. This is Sharon Lynn Wyeth signing off. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. 
Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.